then once you get to the diaspora, I think uh, one of the things that us Puerto Rican miss as identifying, in identifying ourselves is the thought that we are Caribbean. Mm. We always think that we are Puerto Rican and we're close to the U.S. because of our citizenship, mm -hmm. but we don't relate to our Caribbean brothers and sisters yeah. who, who we have much more in common than anybody else. Oh, yeah. And then when I made it to the U.S., I'm like, no, I'm Caribbean. And I hang out with my Jamaican buddies, mm -hmm. Dominican buddies, my Cuban brothers and sisters, uh, you know, and that's when I, you know, people from the Virgin Islands, and that's when I was like, oh, I'm Caribbean. And then I'm Puerto Rican, you know, and, and that's, that's how I identify myself. And I think it helped. It made it way easier. It made it uh, much more fun. Yeah. Music-wise, it was amazing. Cause I imagine. Caribbean music is, is the best music, oh, like, yeah. right? We got reggae, we got Afro-Cuban, we got merengue, Dominican, Palo, we got... Uh, our brothers from Haiti, mm -hmm. like, you know, are, are, I mean, and then we got Puerto Rico, salsa, exactly. bomba, plena, reggaeton, exactly. you know, and then we all got the hip-hop in common with all the influences. And a lot of them were from the Caribbean, you know, who yeah. these, and it's just like, people yeah. don't, we, we don't really, we aren't taught that, we're just, okay, once they're in America, they're American, you know, yeah. and we realize that they're influenced by their other cultures, yeah. you know. But it's amazing to see where the diaspora grows yeah. and where it goes to. DJ Cool Herc was Jamaican mm -hmm. in New York, right? And he was like the one of the, of the founding fathers of hip-hop. His influences in hip-hop were what? Jamaican there you go. Stuff, right? Yeah, that's you know? it. It's La Yawe. <laughs> exactly. Hey everybody, this is Issa Cosette, and you are listening to Issa's Way, your favorite podcast that you didn't know existed, you didn't know you needed, but we are so glad you're here. And this week we have another special guest, Sergio Rosario, who is a musician, educator, entrepreneur, husband, great father, who's doing his great thing. Everyone shout out to him. Hey, I'm just happy to be here. I know. So one of the best things about recording this podcast is that I get to be in my alma mater. Yeah, right? I spent six years here, pretty much live in UPR. Yeah. So it's special for me. It is. And I love this space because I think if it wasn't for this university, me as a person, I wouldn't be able to embrace my passions to connect with so many cool people. And it's just like... I was always amazed with everyone, like everyone's so artistic in different ways, whether it's music, whether it's like liter literary studies mm -hmm. or fields or skills and physical language. And I'm just like, I'm slacking if I don't catch up, you know? Yeah. So welcome back. Where Thank are you. you? Where are you now, Mr. Diaspora? Uh, I am located. Well, I live in Washington, D.C. I moved to Washington, D.C. eight years ago, um, lived there. Met my beautiful wife, Limarie Rivera, and um, since she's military, we had to move from the DC, Washington, D.C. area, and we ended up in Fayetteville, North Carolina, so now I'm in North Carolina. Yeah. Didn't want to move, but it turned out that to be the best thing. Sometimes life has presents for you and gifts that you may not know about. Right. So I'm loving it. I love my Latino community there. Um, my Puerto Rican community is super cool. Caribbean community mm -hmm. is amazing. The food is good. I get to eat mofongo. <laughs> I get to uh, play 
eh, Caribbean music, salsa, merengue, um, bachata, and I get to uh, raise my daughter in a place that she's not gonna like. We you know when people talk about growing up in New York. Oh, I grew up in El Barrio. Yeah. They did not miss their Puerto Rican breakfast or you know their their celebrations, Christmas, all of that. So I think my daughter is gonna grow up. While we're there in a good community, and that's important. Yeah, that is important. You're also known as Mr. Soy Super Papa, right? <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> and you're doing your things, and you're also saying how just being a musician, being working with social work, and moving and transitioning. How did that happen, and and what connection you know are you trying to bring with fathers and their children? Yeah. So Soy Super Papa was pretty much. When I, I got the news that I was going to become a father, 2016, the first thing that I did, I, was, I went online to look some, uh, for some information mm -hmm. in Spanish. That's my first language. Okay. Nothing came up. Nothing came up. There was no um, actually information for fathers in Spanish. And what I did was I told my wife, I'm like, hey, this is kind of, this is a big concern since I want to raise my daughter to, to uh, to speak in Spanish as her first language. And we decided, um, I had told her, I, there's, not, there's something that needs to be done. Uh, I don't know if I had the time to do it myself. And she's like, no, you gotta do it. That's, that's your calling, that's life telling you, hey, this is what you're gonna do. So I created Soy Super Papa uh, 2016 okay. um, as a response to something that was missing for the Spanish speaking community. And we're talking about the Spanish-speaking community is millions and millions and millions of people. Yeah, all over the world. So it was a response and, um, you know, fatherhood is such a broad topic. There's so much to talk about. What, what did I want to talk about? About birth? Uh, do I want to talk about raising our children, responsibilities, uh, tips for dads? Do I want to be the funny dad? Do yeah. I want to be an educator? You know, there was so much, but I kind of like um, started looking for information and started putting it out there, creating content for social media. Okay. And it turned out to, I mean, it turned out to be something that um, I do every day with passion. I set aside some time to do it. Mm -hmm. um, I started a podcast. Uh, it's called Nine Months, okay. and we go week by week in the birth stages. It's for mom and it's for dad. Definitely need to check that out. Yeah, right now. I'm like uh, in the prepping mental state, like in the year two, yeah. think about that. But I, yes. you know, so yes, tell us more. It's super cool. Uh, I think, you know, um, we're on our way to, to week 40. I think right now we're in our week eight that it's uploaded. So every week I upload about four episodes and it's something that when wow, that when that's a lot. yeah that's it, but it's short okay. that that is short because what I did was I want that to be while he's working or driving to be able to know what's going on with his son or daughter inside his mom my mom's body and uh, so that's what I what I I started doing with that podcast nine months and then recently I started it within the same podcast Soy Super Papa. Um, another season that's called Soy Super Papa, El Podcast, and we're interviewing pop, uh, different dads from around the world. Okay. The first guest was my father-in-law. He's a 77-year-old dad, which was a father. He was an absent father, and then he became, became second time around, mm -hmm. an active father. Right. So one of the things I was going to ask you is, um, what do you feel is the difference between a father and a dad? Okay, so um, 
I did this exercise not long not long ago before speaking at a conference, and I googled what is a father. And Wikipedia showed that, um, I'm going to read it really quick. Yeah. A father is the male parent of a child. Besides the paternal bonds of a father to its, um, his children, the father may have a parental, legal, and social relationship with the child that carries with, with it certain rights and obligations. Mm. That sounds awful. Yeah, it's just like distant rules. Uh-huh. There's so many rules, right? Yeah. Like, okay... Um, and now I'm going to give you my definition. I think a father, you can, a father or a dad, however you want to call yourself, mm-hmm. I think it's something that uh, grows and is born within you in the process. I think to become a father and become a dad, you have to, I always have this saying, when a baby is born, a family is born. Mm-hmm. So you have to be part of the process from the beginning. Right. As soon as you know your other significant other is is pregnant, or you're gonna adopt a child, I think it's you have to be present. You have to be mindful. Pra- practice mindfulness, and I think you start growing because the process takes you there. Right. And once you get there, it's about being present. A present father. I think if I if I were to redefine the word the word. I wouldn't use father or dad I, or, or I would just use like something as like present. Mm-hmm. Being present is yeah. the most wonderful gift that you can give a child and give yourself. Um, how do you encourage more fathers to be active and stay? So Sometimes I, their significant other it may not work, you know, what, or, yeah. you know, when we look at the child and the father figure. And I think that's something, it's a process that you have to work within yourself as a human being. Uh, remember it. It always takes two people to make a child. So things may happen in life that you may not get along with your significant other that, you know, or that person that once was part of your life. But you have to know that you chose to be with that person for something and some reason. Yeah. And I think being a father is always, you're gonna always have that reminder. It's, it's right there, it's your child, right? It's something about letting that go and then focusing on what you want your child to have that you never had. And also, how can I give my child the tools that I didn't have and that he or she needs in this new uh, society and world. And um, once you focus on that, you won't have time to focus on other negative things. So just, just be present, like, hey, my daughter is two or is three. Uh, what's next at three years old? What does she need to learn? Um, does she know the colors? Does she know her ABCs? Does he, he know um, motor skills? Like, do I need to get him a toy that's, you know, mm-hmm. that will work on his motor skills? Do we need to work on his physical like, activity education? Uh, you know, there's always something that you need to be focused on once you're a father, besides working, besides providing. So a father is not a provider. A father is a human being that's actually present. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of like the definition we need to talk about and we need to change when we say a father. Before, I would say, uh, maybe in the in the past century, a father was a provider. That was it. Somebody right. who went around, worked, brought home the money, threw himself in the couch, and that's it. Yeah. And that's not a, for me, that's not a father. That's a provider. That's something, somebody that works and, and makes money and, you know, that's it. Um, so we want to change that. 
um, kind of like, how do you call it? When, narrative, I guess. Yeah, yeah, the narrative. We probably pretty much want to change it, and I think we're doing it. I think from, I would say, I'm a millennial, so I've seen a lot of people my generation, wow, like, change the narrative so much right like even the twitter tips i see sometimes you know with like faking with the medicine and how to trick your shit kid and i'm like yes you know um i'm still not sold yet because when i see the videos of like babies trying to eat your food and cry i'm not there yet to (laughs) like share it but i you know i heard that when you have a child there's this mother instinct that was come out of me it has i'm not there yet so yeah but for you, how has Stella, how, how's your, how has your child, you know, changed your life? Well, the first thing is that um, Stella was an unplanned child, right? We, I had a conversation with my wife. She's like, well, we'll think about it in a year. And in a year, it was like, okay, next month, mm-hmm. um, Stella was already there. So I think um, I was ready as a, as a father, as a man. I think as a man, let's talk about it as a man. Um, you know, you go through life with different relationships, and and I think you know when your significant other is father or, or mother material. Like you know, yeah. you know when you love somebody or you admire somebody so much that you say, "Oh, I would like to have his or her children." Like it's something that that I can't I can't give any tips on that. I think you just know it as a human being. But um, I knew since I met my wife that she was the one, and I think um, that kind of like. I was worried for you, like, you know, if I have a child with this amazing woman, I think, mm. you know, I would like her to have her qualities and I would like to, you know, her to be like her mother. And I think that's something that, you know, gives you that assurance that, that you're going to be okay. Mm. Now, when you become a father, the, nobody gets you ready for it. There's no manual. There's no book that everybody has their own experience. I would say my best tip or, or I, I'm going to tell you something. You that, you that are listening, mom, mom or dad, um, don't listen to anybody's tips or experiences mm-hmm. because everybody gives you their narrative. Everybody gives you their opinion, their expert mm-hmm. expertise. Right. But everybody is so different. You're not gonna have what these people went through their whole lives to raise a child. Exactly. So I would say pay attention to what people have to say, but don't do your own thing. Apply it, you know. Exactly. Get the they get take the good stuff and get rid of the bad stuff, and then just just you know educate yourself and 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 be present. And you know, humans, we have a natural instinct. Follow your natural instinct since before birth. You know, then breastfeeding. Yeah then, you know, we are, we, we were brought to this earth and we were given the tools. Our bodies, our uh, way of living, it's just natural. So yeah. just follow your instincts and, and make sure that you uh, take care of yourself. That's true. That's, it. That's what my husband says because I'm always like, I'm very analytical in things. I always have to plan and prepare. I freak mm-hmm. out when I'm not in control. And... Um, like we're thinking about children I just want to finish my degree first and then because at least I don't like but once I finish classes I'm like I'm open to it but he's like with life you know with God or anything of faith you're never really prepared you're aware and you're conscious you know and there's things that you have to move and grow with but until it happens you know how, how can I prepare for a child if I really don't know but 
while I'm going through the stages or in that next phase of our lives, you know, it'll come and we hear and we educate ourselves and then we will be, God will always provide, you know, we can't just wait, but we will make it, you know, and I think it is so scary to think about like, oh my God, a child, but it's also like, imagine so fun. It's fun. Um, I think uh, one of the best things about being a father is how you relive, right, things like and it's very important to let your child do their own thing. Sometimes we want something so so bad for them mm-hmm. that we couldn't have or we couldn't live or we, we couldn't play a sport or we couldn't be a professional baseball player and we want our kid to be. Let them choose what they want. Make sure you give them options. Make sure you're there for them. Make sure that if they're in a competition, they have fun. Yeah. Make sure that they have the tools to be good try to be the best but if they're not the best just be there and you know clap for clap for them just give them applause and tell them good job and and just be honest to yourself as a father you know i think we need to be honest like we know what our children will be like since we meet them Mm -hmm. since we're their little personalities are developing so be honest to yourself as a father if your child doesn't have and maybe a physical ability, uh, maybe he's not or she's not fast enough. Don't make him be a, a, a track runner or an right. Olympic athlete. You know, nurture if they, yeah, talent. just nurture their talents. Yeah, and we sure. all have our talents. And make sure you give them a tool that when they grow up, they can have a job at. Like I'm a musician, you know, and I think anywhere in the world, my first job when I went to to the U.S. to D.C. was a music gig. Mm. You know, what, what I went there for a job, and in the process that they were meant to call me back, uh, I started playing, you know, salsa, reggae, uh, funk, and guess what? I was having fun, yeah. and that was a skill that my family taught me, and then, um, you know, I'm going to do the same with my daughter, so if they have a special skill, nurture them, be honest to yourself as a father, as a mother, and just try to... Give them what you didn't have, but to the extent that you're being honest and you're not overdoing it. Mm-hmm. Exactly, because then when you when you're trying to overcompensate, that makes especially us first children. So I mean, Stella, hopefully she sounds like she's in good hands. But like us first children, like we get it so hard because our parents are trying to do so much of what they couldn't, and then they realize, oh my God, we did so much, and they're so much softer with the next, and third, the second, and I'm just like, excuse me, yeah. but you know. I, I hope, you know, and I also realize that our generation is not trying to pass on so many expectations and so much trauma or baggage or generational whatever curses on us. And we're trying to live and heal and explore and have fun. And I think the best thing about it is everyone is trying to be passionate about it. Or we are passionate because we've realized that so many people have killed themselves trying to do whatever and they were never happy just to be the provider, right? Exactly. Just to provide for their families and they weren't there. But now, you know, we live in a day and age where we can be so present. Like, even if you're not physically there, we can see virtually. We can speak in here. And the times are changing now, obviously. Um, but it's beautiful to see how you're making these connections through your likes, you know, and what your daughter needs, what your future children mm-hmm. need, what other fathers and mothers out there need. And um, 
and especially the fact that you have it in Spanish because I think there's a lot of information that is out in English but for Spanish and other languages you know it isn't available or accessible so that is important you know that you're speaking for voiceless people and you're creating an awareness so that's awesome and I'm going to tell you something about that. Um, last year, I went to that 2.0 summit. It's a whole summit for that. Okay. It's a thing. Okay. We have that. I'm going this year. I was actually the recipient of a grant with all expenses awesome. paid to attend. Kudos. Can, thank you. Can you believe I'm the only one that has a Spanish community? They're all in the United States, mm. right? It's okay. But I'm the only one that delivers to a full yeah, a Spanish audience. And mine is the biggest one. I have over 100,000 in my community. Like... But guess what? Hmm. I have people from all over the world, so my, my community is diverse. Exactly. And with that is how we learn. We have a, a um, it's called Soy Super Papa um, community groups for fathers. Um, it's private. It's only for dads. Okay. And... Um, the other day I got a surprise. Somebody sent me a video, mm -hmm. right? And I'm like, okay, I see this name. And I, uh, I asked him, Dad, where are you from? And he's like, I'm from Romania. Wow. He speaks Spanish. And he's from Romania. He was born and raised there. He speaks Spanish. He decided to join my dad group. Get uh, Maybe in Romania there's hundreds of dad groups. More. And in English there's thousands. And then he chose mine. And he's like, because I like the way that you guys go with the flow and then you guys empower each other and empowerment nowadays for our generation is the key how do you get a group of men together that don't like men usually don't like to talk about stuff yeah guess what dads love to talk about stuff they're kids they love about they don't to talk i can't believe it but it's not until i created and joined this community of fathers that I've been learning from them. I have dads from Chile. I'm, I went to Spain last month, and one of the things on a trip with my wife and my daughter, we just decided to go to Spain, and I met with the first admin of my group, Juan Palomares, wow. and he took me around with his two daughters and his wife, and we had a conversation. We had paella together. We had, oh my God, it was so fun, but we had a conversation, and I met him through my group, and he's like another brother, and yeah. we had like and then we start talk about parenting in that table, and we learn so much from them mm -hmm. because their daughter is a little bit older than mine, and I, it was just amazing. And I have another one in Mexico that I'm planning to go next year, and I'm planning to meet him. See? So it's it's about getting involved in your community. There's a lot of people that are passionate about the same thing that you're passionate about. You just need to find the right community and then unleash your energy there. That's it. That's it. I know you have a wonderful poem to share with us today. Yes, um, so I chose this poem um, just because I think we, we need to remind ourselves uh, that when we were kids, we were always watching, um, and then that everything that you do is going to be watched by your, by your child, right? Yeah. And it's kind of like memoirs, right? Like once... You're an adult. You always remember. Oh, my mom used to do this, or my dad, and um, and I think um, it's something that I that I would like this audience to be mindful of. That what you do is always going to be present in somebody's life, right? Mm -hmm. Whether you have children or not, somebody's going to be there watching you. 
in October, I was at a conference called Add Color. It's the biggest conference for non-white people, right? Okay. It was in LA. And uh, I was chosen to be a speaker. And um, we were talking, I said something about be the, be the adult that you needed most when you were a teenager or you were a kid or you were in college. Like, be that person. And I got a message from somebody saying, like, you have no idea how that inspired me. Like, you know, and, and I was like, I was just talking to a group of people. And, and this person was just right there um, listening to me. Mm -hmm. I'm going to read the poem. Um, it's called Early in the Morning by Lee Young Lee. And it says, while the long grain is softening in the water, gurgling over a low stove flame, before the salted winter vegetable is sliced for breakfast, before the birds, my mother glides an ivory comb through her hair. Heavy and black as calligrapher's ink, she sits at the foot of the bed. My father watches, listens for the music of comb against hair. My mother comes, pulls her hair back tight, rolls it around two fingers, pins it in a bun to the back of her head, for half a hundred years, she has done this. My father likes to see, likes to see it like this. He says it is kempt, but not, I know it is because of the way my mother's hair falls when he pulls the pins out easily, like the curtains when they untie them in the evening. Dang, that takes you back to seeing you with your parents' memories. So, believe it or not, I was raised by a single mother. So that's something people think when I when they look up like soy super papa they think oh like, he may have the best dad, mm. the most present father. I did not, so I took in my own what you needed, what I needed, and I'm giving it back to the community. So I do have memories of my father and mother. Very little because they did, they separated, they divorced when I was about seven years old. But I do have some memories, and I think this inspired me to be like, okay, I remember that moment when they were present right. in my life, both of them. And I decided to, you know, bring something that was when everything was perfect, yeah. you know. So, and you're making it. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. I'm so inspired. One day when I'm ready to have kids, I'll think about this, and then we'll have Oscar pay attention to Soy Super Papa. And I think, you know, um, something that we dads and moms what we need is how how our community can help us like if you're not a dad or a mom you're always going to be present in a, uh, somebody that's a father or a mom's life or a child's life mm -hmm. it can be your your um cousin your i mean it, there's so many ways to be involved in a child's life so how do we ask you guys for help? How can you help us be better parents or be better citizens, True. human beings? And I think that's what we need to discuss as a community, include people who are not parents, yeah. but are active in the community, or present. So yeah. that's something I would like. How can like. we help y'all help us? Yes. And make it yeah. And have these conversations, open spaces. See, right now you're helping the cause. Yeah. Because you're opening your community and you're you're opening, you're giving us a safe space to have conversations that need to happen. Yeah, that's what we're trying. How are you on your way, Sahil? Well, I think I'm on my way. We as parents, like we we don't have uh, 
a rubric or something to tell us like, oh, like you're doing it good. It's our children. And then when you see your children like saying like thank you papa thank you mama give you a hug or when you see the the in my case the fatherhood community embrace a Spanish speaking Puerto Rican guy in the diaspora and listen to your podcast or or look like your posts and them having to translate it and you know like they do have to go the extra mile it's when you start to feel like oh okay it's paying off like people are paying attention so but this is the biggest but you may not know that people are paying attention but they are yeah so do it like nobody's watching like just do it for yourself and there's always going to be somebody that's that will be paying attention whether it's somebody your age whether it's somebody twice your age where where there's people all across the globe mm-hmm. maybe somebody in another continent you know there's some you never know so just do it um i think i'm in my way just because i have people paying attention and i think as artists as um as anything you want to be in life what's important is people to really actively listen to what you have to say to the stories that you have to tell to the content that you're creating and uh, once you do that it's all about discipline just take the hours take the time put in the hours put in the work become the better person and always take the road that is true to yourself remain true to yourself you don't have to do it somebody's way exactly it's your own way exactly and there's going to be an audience for that so just Straight, stay loyal to yourself. That's straight facts. Tell the people where can they find and connect with you at? Yes, so you can find us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Soy Super Papa. We have a very nice logo with a yellow, kind of like dad figure in it with some shades. Yeah. Um, you can find us there, whatever is your preference. We do post different content in, in different um, like in Instagram, I don't post the same as I do on Facebook. And then if you're a father or if you know somebody that's going to become a father, tell them to look up our community, Facebook community. It's called Soy Super Papa, Fathers, Papas. And it's bilingual. Right now you have the Facebook translate tool. Yeah. So you don't have to translate that text. Mm-hmm. It's just going to come out whatever language you speak. And... Um, you know, just tell people about the fatherhood community. And if you know a really nice dad, tell, just write me about them. We do a little thing where we recognize cool dads from all over the world. Okay. And we tell people what they're doing, how many kids they have, what is their profession, what, are they, what, what is their skill, um, and how as parents they are special. And so most of this is moms that are encouraging. encouraging, like, their husbands. And they're like, oh, I want to nominate my husband. And I think it's a good thing we need it to... Is. The good things that happen in life, we need to pay attention to. We need to celebrate ourselves more. And this is why I love what I do. Thank you. you. Thank (laughs) you for having me here. No problem. Thank you for taking your time and sharing your story. And, you know, I wish you the best. And I can't wait to just continue to follow um, your journey and your community's journey. Because it's obviously going good in far places. Thank you. And I think this opportunity opens up for us now to be uh, our own community. Exactly, So right? Soy Super Papa and he says, way well, now I will be empowering each other and empowering our communities. And that's what it's all about. Exactly. Y'all, this is amazing. This is He Says Way. Y'all be blessed.